0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, last time we read Deuteronomy, chapter 11, which was about blessing and curse. It's like, choose one, choose blessing, or curse. You know, obey the Lord your God and choose blessing, right? Choose the right thing. So, That was the last chapter we read, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Now we're ready to read Deuteronomy chapter 12. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. These are the statutes and judgments, precepts, which you shall be careful to do in the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess as long as you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods, on the high mountains and the hills and under every green leafy tree. You shall tear down their altars and smash their idolatrous pillars and burn their ashram in the fire. You shall cut down the carved, and sculpted images of their gods and obliterate their name from that place. Now, what they call the ashram there, I want to make mention of this there. In, uh, let's see, that's in verse 3, where he says, burn their ashram. In this case, the ashram were supposed to be little wooden symbols or little wooden idols that represented their god- Uh, Was this Ashtaroth? Uh, No, Asherah. Asherah. There was a goddess, Asherah. So I'm sorry, I had the wrong god in mind. But, you know, out of these fake gods, who knows? There's so many different ones. But anyway, this was to make sure that they burned these little wooden idols or wooden tokens or reminders of that um, false goddess, okay? All right. So I'm going to continue on. You shall not act like this toward the Lord your God, but you shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to establish his name there for his dwelling place, and there you shall come to worship him. There you shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the contribution of your hand, your votive, your pledged or vowed offerings, your free will, voluntary offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. And there you and your households shall eat before the Lord your God and rejoice in all to which you put your hand, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. There's a couple of things I want us to notice here before we move on. You shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to establish his name there for his dwelling place. Well, now that has changed. There isn't a physical place. There isn't a physical dwelling except for his people. The Spirit of God is in us the Lord lives in each of us. And we are to seek Him in our hearts. We are to seek Him in a true spiritual way. We are looking to impress upon our hearts the Lord's words, His commands, His His rules, His laws, um, very, very much trying to draw the heart of the Lord into our hearts so that we can be more like Him. And I just think this is an interesting way that this is stated. He says, you know, you shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God will choose, right? So Yahweh is going to tell you where that is. And we know that now, as He promised later in the Old Testament, and then as that promise was fulfilled in the New Testament, that His Spirit is in us, and we seek Him spiritually wherever we are. He is always in us, with us, everywhere. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere. And so we can seek Him at all times, everywhere. We don't have to go to a special dwelling place like they did. They only had certain places they could go, right? Now, we still gather together as a congregation. We still give our offerings and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. We still do that as a congregation. We, we pull those offerings together to, to further the cause of the Lord, right? And that is a good thing. But notice here too, I think this is interesting. It's something that really just clicked with me here recently. Um, you and your household shall eat before the Lord your God and rejoice in all which you put your hand, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. So I want us to realize that when we do come together, and we have it a lot easier nowadays, you know, back then, it was really more difficult for them to travel and to gather together and to be at the temple. But for us, it's very easy. When we gather together, though, we should be eating before the Lord rejoicing in all that he has blessed us in that doesn't mean we have to physically gather together and eat in our church I don't mean it like that but but we should be enjoying these things and praising the Lord and thanking him for all these blessings and this is this is part of the reason we we thank him for our meals is so that we are eating before the Lord and we're thankful for what he has given us and blessed. Blessed us with, right? So these are just things. It's just the more you, the more you read this old law, the more you can see how that is still has a lot of meaning for us even now because things have been improved upon since then. Things have been made better by the Lord and His sacrifice. Okay, so let's uh, continue on. You shall not do at all what we are doing here in the camp today, every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. For you have not yet come to the resting place and to the inheritance which the Lord your God has given you. When you cross the Jordan and live in the land which the Lord your God has given you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies around you so that you live in security, Then it shall come about that the place which the Lord your God will choose for his name and presence to dwell, there you shall bring everything that I am commanding you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, and the voluntary contribution of your hand as a first gift from the fruits of the ground, and all your choice votive offerings which you vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters and your male and female servants and the Levite who is within your city gates, since he has no portion or inheritance with you. Be careful that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every cultic place you see, but only in the place which the Lord will choose in one of your tribes, There you shall offer your burnt offerings, and there you shall do everything that I am commanding you. So God here is telling them in all this that things are going to change when they come into their inheritance there in in the land that's going to be Israel. Um, In this promised land, things are going to change. They will still have their offerings and sacrifices and tithes but it will be a little different. They won't just be one huge glob of people around this mobile tabernacle, okay? So it's going to change. So he's letting them know up front things are going to change. It'll actually be a little easier for them in ways if you think about it because all the tribes are going to have their own territories that they live in and each tribe will have its own place, its own little uh, tabernacle or what do they call it? Or maybe synagogues where they could go and do these things. So, just wanted to mention that. However, you may slaughter and eat meat within any of your city gates, whatever you wish, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which He has given you as His generous provision for daily life. The ceremonially unclean and the clean may eat it, such as the gazelle and the deer. Only you shall not eat the blood; you are to pour it out on the ground like water. You are forbidden to eat within your city gates the tithe of your grain or new wine or oil, or the firstborn of your herd or flock, or any of your votive offerings or your free will offerings or the contribution of your hand. But you shall eat them before the Lord your God in the place which the Lord your God will choose, you and your son and your daughter and your male and female servants and the Levite who is within your city gates, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all that you undertake. Be careful that you do not neglect the Levite who serves God as long as you live in your land. So here they are to share this offering these these offerings, these um, basically it's food, right? I mean, these are basically we're talking about the tithe of your grain, the new wine or oil, the firstborn of your flock, your free will offerings. You're talking basically about food. They would have been a very agricultural society, right? Raising animals and uh, growing crops. And he's saying you will you will gather together and you will invite the Levites. And you will have these offerings, and you will eat them in front of the Lord and celebrate. So you're eating your own offerings in a way, but you're sharing them with all your family and your servants and the Levite. So it's a very interesting way of looking at having a sacrifice or an offering, and yet you're going to share in the eating of it with these other people. Uh, you know, all of your family, and again, the Levite, we can't forget the Levite; they are the ones who are serving God and do not have that inheritance. so I thought this was an interesting thing to read about that God is even giving you the offering that you give him. if you think about it here there's this offering that you're you're taking and you're offering to the Lord, and then Within, you know, within the prescription of the law, how, how these things are done. He's not going through all the details of how all this is done, but then you shall eat them before the Lord your God. So you and your family are going to eat them and you shall rejoice. This is a celebration. It's a celebration of all the things that God has done for you, that, that you have this bounty, that you have this offering to make. So it's a celebration of all the blessings of God. We'll continue on. When the Lord your God extends your territory as He promised you, and you say, I will eat meat because you want to eat meat, then you may eat meat whatever you wish. If the place which the Lord your God chooses to put His name, presence, is too far away from you, then you may slaughter animals from your herd or flock which the Lord has given you, just as I have commanded you, and you may eat within your city gates whatever you wish. Just as the gazelle or the deer is eaten, so you may eat it, but not make it an offering. The ceremonially unclean and the clean alike may eat it. Only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life, soul, and you shall not eat the life with the meat. You shall not eat it, you shall pour it out on the ground like water. You shall not eat it, so that all may be well with you and with your children after you, because you will be doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. However, you shall take your holy things which you have to offer, and your votive, pledged, vowed offerings, you shall take them and go to the place which the Lord will choose. And you shall offer your burnt offerings the meat and the blood on the altar of the Lord your God, and the blood of your sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar of the Lord your God, and you shall eat the meat. So notice that this is an exception. We always think the law is so strict and there's no exceptions, but here is an exception. If the place... Which the Lord your God chooses to put his name presence is too far away from you. If it is so far away that you, you just can't perform this ritual, you know, and that is possible, especially in those days. Remember, they're not driving around in cars. They're not going 60 miles an hour. They're, they're walking. They're walking. Maybe they're riding animals if they're well off. It is not easy. For them to get around and travel very di- very far. You know, a, a distance of 20 miles to them, that's that's at least all day. That is like a huge trek. That's a big journey. And if they have to go further than that, you're talking days. And if you're, let's say you go 200 miles, even at 20 miles a day, that's 10 days. It's, it's a big deal. Travel back then was just a huge deal. So anyway, if you lived out remotely, God has given you an alternative and a way to celebrate and and have that celebration, but still bring, you know, still bring your offerings and the things you're supposed to to, um, to the appropriate place when, when you go there. You know, you shall still do that because he says that you shall take your holy things. And you shall take them and go to the place which the Lord God will choose, you know, and uh, that that is a a lot lesser burden. It's a lot easier to make that trip and travel with, and so you will still do that. But the larger, bigger part of the celebration and that and those animals, you can do that within your city gates. Basically, you can do that at home. You know, is the idea or. You know, you would still have the Levite and, and others involved if possible, but you would do that, you know, more at home, I guess, is, is, is an okay way to say it. That may not be exactly correct because he says within your city gates, but it could be that you you live really remote, and that means you're not really even in a city, so you're just going to do it, you know, basically at home. So, let's continue on. Be careful to listen to all these words which I am commanding you, so that it may be well with you and with your children after you forever, because you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. When the Lord your God cuts off and destroys before you the nations which you are going in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and settle in their land, beware that you are not Lord "...ensnared into following them, after they have been destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire about their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods, so that I too may do likewise? You shall not behave this way toward the Lord your God, for they have done for their gods every repulsive thing which the Lord hates." For they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire as sacrifices to their gods. Everything I command you, you shall be careful to do it, you shall not add to it nor take away from it. Now I want you to I want to make a point. this was common knowledge and it was backed up by history that these people did worship. These awful idols, and they did burn their children in fire, Sac- make sacrifices to their idols of their children. They did. Nowadays, I've heard some—not all—but I've heard some try to try to soften that and say, "Oh, well, they didn't really kill their children." No, yes, they did. They did. the The word of God is true. Now, everybody else—I mean, you know. I forget exactly how it's phrased, but you know, men, we all make mistakes. We may lie or just make mistakes, just make it, just be an error. The word of God is true. And he says plainly here, they even burned their sons and their daughters in the fire. Okay, to their gods, they sacrificed them to their gods. So that was something these people did. And it's not unusual. We know of other cultures that used to do that type of thing. I think it was the mines and or the Aztecs that had human sacrifice. And and they are not alone. There were other people and tribes that did that. So to try to people want to, what what Satan wants to do is take things like this and say, well, no, that's not really what happened. And, and so God was really cruel to come in and and kill these people, and run these people out. No, these people really did that. These were, these were not good, nice people. So we need to realize that. We need to realize that what God says is true. Okay? All right. I will quit harping on that, but thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.